Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Holidaying abroad? Don't. It's a little cynical, but with a title like that, you'll have a pretty good idea of the tone of this podcast. And before I tell you the story behind this podcast, I'd like to confess something terrible. I didn't take my own advice or heed my own warnings. There's an excellent reason why they call me motorhome Matt and not holidaying abroad Matt. I deal in motorhomes. I provide motorhomes for thousands of people to holiday in, to take to festivals and to grab a quick break from the normal day-to-day life. Motorhoming, that's my business. So why, oh why, didn't I stick to what I'm good at? If you're seriously considering travelling abroad before the world returns to normal, you really, really need to understand the process. Nay, Saga, I and countless others have suffered in order to enjoy a relaxing break away from the UK. It started like this. Once upon a time, a kindly CEO of a motorhome hire company, we'll call him Motorhome Matt, of the motorhome holiday company, decided to reward his fleet hire manager, we'll call him Jordan, that's his name, for his extraordinary efforts throughout a challenging couple of lockdown years. 2020 and 2021 have been a tough time for all of us for a number of reasons, most of them caused by COVID. Early in 2020, I feared that our business would go under. By July that year, I knew we'd survive, but my team and I were shattered due to the workload caused by many, many new customers heeding my advice and binning foreign holidays in favour of a UK holiday in one of our motorhomes. With Jordan's 2021 birthday looming and with him having taken a great weight off my shoulders and being incredibly understanding to my occasional rants and ever greater demands, I really wanted to thank him. I knew he desperately needed a holiday and I wanted to take him somewhere special. Spain was out, been there, done that, got the wet t-shirt. New York would have been a hit, but the US borders were still closed at the time when I was looking at booking. Plus, New York in December would be very cold. I thought sunshine and warmth would be more Jordan's cup of tea. I turned for help and advice to the brilliant travel specialist Mark Oakes at Not Just Travel and he came up with the inspired suggestion of Dubai. Dubai is an old and dear friend of mine from my many years in the corporate events industry. I know it well, love it, and I knew it would get Jordan's juices flowing. Since I was last there, a new five-star Hilton had sprung up on a man-made island just outside of Dubai in Sharjah. Perfect. I checked with Jordan's father that he was okay with his son going to the Middle East. He tried inviting himself along and that Jordan would be up for it. I then went and booked two rooms with Mark. It was all downhill from there. I knew we'd need Covid tests before we could fly. What I didn't know was that the government, bless them, and their numerous illegal Christmas parties while the rest of us were behaving, would keep moving the goalposts and that the NHS test would not be accepted by the airlines. Yep, it's true. Somebody saw the opportunity to earn a quick buck and insisted that only commercial tests would be acceptable. And so, after much research, I found oodles of tests online with options ranging from £40 to a whopping £300 plus. 
and no indication of whether any or all of them were better than the others. I closed my eyes through a dart and chose a test. Boris, sorry our beloved Prime Minister, decreed a new system involving three separate Covid tests. Test 1 would be taken in the 48 hours before the outward flight. Test 2 would be taken in the 48 hours leading up to the homeward flight. Test 3 would need to be taken within 48 hours of our return to the UK. And naturally, every test would need to be paid for. And all the tests now have to be a PCR test. The obvious thought was to book all three tests from one company, so six tests in all at around £70 a pop. But after many hours' research, including the government's own website, it transpired that test two would need to be booked separately in Dubai. Thoughts of saving time and stress and taking it with us from the UK were thwarted. We'd have to wait until we reached Dubai to book our test. But at least we could book tests one and three through the same company, right? Wrong. Trust me. I went back to the Gov website, which even had conflicting information depending on which page I landed on. On this occasion, Google was not my friend. I couldn't find the information I needed, nor one company to take my money in return for tests one and three for both of us. What I did find was a plethora of stories about UK travellers trapped in resorts and unable to fly because they could not obtain the required test too. <sighs> Admittedly, some of those travellers had decided not to have their jabs. No. I don't get the conspiracy theorists either, but both of us have been double jabbed and I'm booked in for my booster. But did that make a difference? No, not at all. It just meant we weren't subjected to additional layers of testing and questioning. It struck me that this was a cocktail of arse and elbow syndrome. I suspected there was probably some bloke sitting on his bed in his underpants, selling PCR tests for exorbitant sums and laughing at me for falling victim to his scam, and I was on the verge of throwing in the towel and simply buying Jordan a case of beer instead. Resisting the urge to quit, I emailed Mark at Not Just Travel again for his advice. Mark was on a cruise ship stuck at sea, unable to get hold of a pre-arrival test for himself and his wife. He was sympathetic. He'd heard this saga from countless customers already. He proved to be the calming voice of reason, telling me to approach this one step at a time, and to forget the expense if I was determined to enjoy the holiday. And so. Step 1. Book Test 1. By now we were just a few days away from travelling, and rumours were rife of results not being received in time. I found a company based at Bristol Airport close to us, and booked a Test 1 for each of us there. They offered results within four hours for a whopping £140 per test. We agreed that was just too expensive, and so I took the 48-hour test result option, £70 each. So, £140 spent on test one, with test two and three still to come. And that's on top of two return flights, two hotel rooms, and so on. Somebody's making fortunes hand over fist here, but at least we could fly now, right? Wrong. Step two. Register and log our vaccination status. To do this, we needed to download, update and log in to the NHS app, which was simple enough. We then had to log our Test 1 PCR test results. This led us to a new verification app that had to be downloaded called Yoti. And that required all manner of information that took about an hour to find and upload. So that was two apps plus the Nuffield Health website. Oh, I forgot to tell you about that. Believe me, you don't want to know. Confused yet? You will be. Step 3. Find and book test three 
for our return. Hours later, though by now it seemed like weeks, I found an option to have two tests posted at £40 each, but the company required a reference number which naturally I didn't have, or at least that's what I thought. Once I'd acquired it from my travel consultant Mark, I was then directed to another website which provided proof that I had requested the test so Royal Mail could post it. They did. Hurrah! A day late. Boo! Which meant we didn't have them when we left for Heathrow. (sighs) And so didn't have the test codes and the reference numbers that we were required to provide before we could board the plane home. Fortunately, just in the nick of time, they arrived at home and my partner was able to WhatsApp through the necessary details. Phew, we could sort that part whilst we were in Dubai. Step four, book test two for the 48 hours prior to departure from Dubai. To find out how and where I could obtain the correct COVID test whilst in the UAE, I returned to my friend Google. Google took me back to the BA website which made sense, as that was the airline we were flying with, but the BA website has been slammed by people in the same boat as me, and consequently, it crashed. Gone. Nothing. Six hours. Twitter and Facebook exploded, with travellers reporting that BA had left the building, and wondering what the heck they were supposed to do next. Later that day, BA returned. The website informed me that I needed to download two more apps from the UAE, one to record proof of my COVID status and the other a tracking app, much the same as the NHS app in the UK. Aha, perhaps this is where we booked the pre-return test too. But even with the apps downloaded, could I book our test too? Could I heck? In the end, I gave up. I rang the Hilton in Dubai for advice. They informed me they had a plan. They offer guests a voucher for a local hospital where the test can be taken and the result provided within 24 hours. They also directed me to a required health declaration form that could be downloaded and which included our flight and seat numbers for further infection tracking by customs on arrival in Dubai. Information that nobody over here had informed me we'd need. Whatever, things were looking up. Our test one results arrived within just five hours. I'm glad we didn't spend £280 on the four-hour test results. By 9pm on Tuesday night, bruised and battered from the experience thus far and ready to check in, it was time for step 5. Upload test 1 results to the BA website in order to be permitted to fly. No problem, except... Nope, the website wouldn't accept them. Instead, BA directed me to yet another app, Verify, to which I had to enter our personal details, trip itineraries and test results. (sighs) And then... Test results not recognised. I'm not kidding you. You really couldn't make this up. Apparently that's as far as the technology could go. Now we needed an actual human to review the application and notify us if we could fly. That had to be a very long two hours of my life. But after just over two hours, give or take, I heard a ping. I received our results. We had our boarding passes and we were ready for step six. Fly to Dubai, stay at hotel, forget Boris, and have fun. Oh, at this juncture, I might need to insert a step 5.5. Having arrived at Heathrow in plenty of time, quaffed a single-shot espresso and headed with Jordan to check in in plenty of time, armed with printed copies of our PCR tests and a pile of paperwork, the lady at the BA desk, friendly and professional, courteous to a fault, declined to check any of it. None of it. Yep. 
You heard that right. Oh, she checked the boarding pass and our passports, but beyond that, she wasn't interested. However, she did mention that the flight might not be very full, because in recent weeks, hundreds, yes, hundreds of passengers have simply not turned up for their flights because they've not managed to wade through the quagmire that we just did, have not received all the stipulated results and paperwork, and have simply given up on their holidays abroad before they even reach the airport. And so here I am on the runway with a double shot Americano to calm my nerves, lifting my mask to sip and reflecting on whether this was worth it. All the while wondering if, now that we're close to the point of being airborne, we'll catch something in this metal tube with the same air being recycled and circulated, inhaled and exhaled by a couple of hundred other people before it returns to my lungs. So, was it worth it? I'll know for sure after our holiday. And that depends largely on the size of Jordan's smile. As for whether I would go through this rigmarole again, or suggest anyone else attempts to holiday abroad for the foreseeable, hell no. As the BA staff member said, hundreds of travellers have given up. Presumably, if the story is true of other airlines, that figure runs into the thousands. I regard myself as being pretty tech-savvy, but what of others less confident with technology? What of older generations who don't own computers or smartphones and fear the internet? What of those with learning difficulties or dexterity issues? I'll tell you what, they'll have given up, lost their money, lost their confidence, probably felt worthless and have been completely overlooked and ignored, and feel as though they have no one to turn to for help and compensation. Does this constitute prejudicial abuse at the hands of the government and corporations, or is it just the result of some bloke sitting on his bed in his underpants selling PTR tests for exorbitant sums and laughing at us all for falling victim to his scam? I don't have an answer, but the cynic in me might suggest the entire process is deliberate and in place to deter travellers. So, mission accomplished? Let's face it. Our economy is in real trouble, and we're better off keeping the money in the UK rather than spending it abroad, right? However, the greater part of me, the reasonable balanced part of me, knows that the travel industry, both domestic and foreign, needs us to travel, to fly, to holiday abroad, and to spend freely across the globe. Because if we don't go to their countries, why will they come here? We're all in this together. We've suffered together. We'll survive together, and we'll triumph over this adversity together. No, I don't think this is a conspiracy. I firmly believe it's nothing more than gross incompetence. But whatever it is, the result is the same, at least in my opinion. If you're planning on holidaying abroad, don't! For the love of all that you hold dear, don't even think about it. What could you do instead? Well, I happen to know a man by the name of Motorhome Matt. For a different type of holiday, why not try a motorhome? At the Motorhome Holiday Company, we have a range of luxury motorhomes available to hire for weekends or longer breaks. Experience the freedom and excitement of the open road with all the comfort of home while you're on the move, whatever the weather or time of year. For details and to check your dates, visit motorhomeholidaycompany.com. The Motorhome Holiday Company. Your adventure starts here. 
thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.